And she's like, I took Shifai and you changed my life. I was able to divorce my husband and pay for my daughter who has certain needs, pay for her insurance all on my own. And I could not do that before. And this was the first time I've taken something in my life where you made me feel like I could reinvent myself. And I was like... Welcome back to The Observation. We are back with another episode from NFT NYC. And today we have on the show Maggie Love. She is the founder of SheFi. She also founded WebCloud and was a former DJ. We'll get into that in a second. But before we jump into the podcast, I want to shout out to our sponsors, Cash App. The Observation is powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money. That's Cash App. Download the app. Buy Bitcoin. Not financial advice. Okay. Maggie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So I did mention that you were a DJ and we talked, I didn't want to hear the whole story before you recorded, but is that true? You were a DJ at one point before so, you did this? No. So I still DJ, but I like to say I curate vibes. Yep. Like I select music and I play it at parties for friends. Actually before the last bull run, we were throwing a lot of parties as groups of friends in crypto and like DJ, I was DJing them. And so where that comes from is I grew up singing and dancing, opera, musical theater, sang with a jazz combo in high school. <laughs> and I have what are called polyps and they're benign tumors. And it's like a whole process to get them removed. And, you know, that happened, I think in 2013, I can't remember when I like realized that I couldn't sing as much anymore. And then was just going through life, working a lot, having fun, and then realized I wanted to be back more in touch with music. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, what does everybody do who wants to be in touch with music? and <laughs> DJ. And DJ. So I think I started in 2017, 2018, and just started throwing friends with parties on rooftops in New York. And it kind of like ballooned also over COVID when we could go back outside. Yeah. Like there was a group of 30 of us just like finding different rooftops and like getting dressed up and DJing. So, <laughs> and then I did it at like... ETCC 2021, the conference in Paris and like- Masari. Wait, this is actually, you're not just like a, you, yeah. you actually have, have gigs. Well, we, when I, I, I like to say I play with friends and for friends. Yeah. I mean, I did book the Pleaser Dial party like a year or two ago, the last- That's pretty impressive. So it's fun. I, I select music. I don't produce. Don't yeah. have time for that as you'll <laughs> yeah. learn. But, yeah. uh, I like to do it and it, it's a lot of fun. I love music and I think it's like the act of sharing yeah. it with others and seeing other people be like, oh, I love that song or like feeling it yeah. is like a something I enjoy. Uh, you know, collecting vibes, curating vibes, that's, that's, I feel like that's so many people in this space, but people who are like really making like a splash and making things like resonate with people, I feel like are great at doing that. And I feel like you've obviously done that with Shifai and we'll get into that in a little bit, but I read, um, something interesting about your kind of discovery to blockchain and how you were in this meeting and heard someone like really enthusiastically talking on like a, a conference call. Um, and you, you, everyone was kind of like annoyed, you know, like by this call. And it's actually funny too, because I think Lana Del Rey has that line about like, crypto you're like says your stupid boyfriend and it's just like this kind of like negative thing like oh someone's talking about crypto they're talking about blockchain again like how annoying um and but you didn't feel that way you like walked away from that meeting feeling interested and intrigued is that right yes so i was at ibm watson doing product strategy for watson and financial services and i was in this meeting about all the technology ibm could focus on in financial services like a big corporate strategy meeting 
And yes, this man was on the phone. And he was like, blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. They're like, oh, can you mute him? Because he wasn't <laughs> in the office. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had been in IBM and Watson for a while. And I think I was ready for change. And I w- had felt like I had grown out of my role. And so I was like, okay, well, like, maybe I should go look into that. Yeah. So I literally was at the IBM office in Astor Place, walked up to Union Square, Barnes & Noble. And I just, like, typed blockchain in the search they have there and, like, picked the first book. And it was the blockchain revolution. And I read it in like two days. And I was like, this seems amazing. Like cross-border remittances, provenance, uh, attestation for identity or land. It just Mm -hmm. felt like it was on the edge of something. And it had nothing to do with tokens. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was in it for the tech, uh, I like to jokingly say. And then I just was like, I have to be a part of this. So maybe this is just my personality. But I started working on a side project (laughs) at IBM around like how blockchain could disintermediate financial markets. Mm. And for lots of reasons, political and all that, I couldn't move out of Watson. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to start applying for crypto jobs. Like, I don't even know how to look for a blockchain or crypto job in 2016, but I'm just going to Google, call people, be shameless, DM people. And then I was on LinkedIn. People like to trash talk LinkedIn, Yeah, but it was very formative to this <laughs> whole You're like LinkedIn was gold for me it was and gold during that for time me. yeah and I found a friend of a friend who worked at consensus yeah and I asked my friend to ask this guy if he would meet me for coffee like you know send my resume and little did I know how like informal it was to kind of network at consensus in 2016 yeah. 2017 and we met for coffee at swallow out in Bushwick and he took me upstairs into the flat mm-hmm. the not office but like a flat in Bushwick and everybody was young, excited, wearing whatever they wanted, wanted to know who I was. Like I was just brought up by a random person I had just met for coffee. And that like entire vibe, once again, going back to vibes, was like, yeah, this is where I wanna be. I wanna be somewhere where people want to know who you are if you come into the office and seem excited and passionate. That was just not what I was getting from corporate America mm. anymore. And I was like in my, you know, skirt because I had like come over yeah. from my office and I was like, okay, I'm ready to switch. And so that was how it happened. And then, you know, I went through the interview process and, uh, you know, like got to interview with Joe for my final one. And that was pretty awesome in 2017. Yeah. Joined consensus, I think under 300. Wow. So it was a really big change, a lot of fun and, um, What I like to tell people is like, I was just super curious about blockchain. Mm -hmm. And so I I couldn't let it go. So I was like, well, instead of just like letting it go because IBM said like, you can't go do this. I'm just going to keep following that curiosity and figure it out. But what was it to you that had that clicked that you had this aha moment and you were like, I can't stop thinking about it because blank. It was, it was the permissionlessness of it, like the nature that access could be for everybody mm. and that value creation and wealth creation and, you know, identity creation wasn't going to be gatekept by institutions. Mm. And I reflected a lot on even, you know, my personal experience living in New York, not going to school for finance and then having a bunch of friends in finance. And I felt like they had this like language And more than a language, they had a club now. Mm -hmm. And they were mostly male, so boys club of like, once you're in and you know how to do the iBanking spreadsheets, no matter where you go in the financial ecosystem after that, you're always talking about deals or trends or markets. And it's like, that is the informal networks where wealth gets created for people. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like I was on the outside of that because I didn't have that 
language or that context or that bonding of, you know, working a million hours um, yeah. to do spreadsheets. Not that it's not important work, but I think that idea that I could join an ecosystem that would allow me to, you know, break down some of that gating, especially in finance and as a young woman and needing to pay rent and just like, New York is harsh when you first move here. Yeah. And so thinking that I could potentially change that for myself and other people and then broaden that to like all types of value creation that we could rethink to make it more accessible and equitable for people was like really what got me excited. Yeah. I mean, I love that. First of all, having worked on many projects that are, I feel like everyone in this space has that goal of like mainstream adoption, breaking down barriers for different people. And when I moved to New York, I think we've been in New York the same amount of time. You Did you come in 2016? Yes, yeah, okay. I did. So I've been the same time. And it, that definitely was an era in like <laughs> traditional, like corporate America before COVID. I feel like we work in a different landscape now, but before COVID you're like dressed up in an office. There was like a sort of guide, unspoken guide of like, life in New York, how you how you came and presented yourself in, in those offices. You were in at nine, you couldn't leave. Like you were, it was so structured. And then I feel like in the past five years, it's been so, we, it's totally different than when mm -hmm. we moved to New York. Not only in the sense of like how people can work, but also just crypto becoming something that everyone talks about. Like when you were going at consensus, it's, it wasn't like, you, I, I actually like, I remember Joe back in 2017, I actually was, I think I was at a conference in Zurich and like, that's the first time I met him, but like even, he was a big deal then, but like even now it's just, it's just so wild to think about that. It was so small, like it was so small and it was so different. And so like that journey from 2016 yeah. to now, how do you like, how does that feel that you've took, you've taken this ride? Yeah, it's been a journey. It's, it's been so pivotal because it's unlocked so many opportunities for me. Yeah. Like I think before that I did see life as like climbing the structured corporate ladder. And now it's like, oh, I've co-founded one company and I've founded another. And like all that confidence and possibility is because of this risk I took in 2017, going to join an office that was out of a flat and like, you know, my contract wasn't anything fancy. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was very niche. And because of that, it attracted a lot of people thinking about the edges and how we re, uh, reinvent things, whether it was in, you know, and Consensus was like an early DAO, an early decentralized autonomous organization. So just that like exposure to those types of thinkers and redoing, you know, uh, I had a short stint on a project called Solarius, which was going to be the first like uh, science fiction story on the blockchain. And I was working with the guy that invented uh, Darth Maul, <laughs> like bring four so short sick. stories. <laughs> I know. So it was just like, there was a really like, you could do anything back then really yeah. at Consensus. And yeah, it was very niche, but everyone around me was like high quality mm. and the way that we all had the same belief and mission and they were in it for the reasons to disrupt the system. And I think that was like such the vibe because I also think that early, we still had a lot of Bitcoin influence mm. in the ecosystem. And like Bitcoin was like, you know, decentralization, resilient infrastructure, like financial sovereignty and true ownership. And the original DeFi. The original <laughs> DeFi. And, I, and it's not to say that that's, it has lessened is in importance over time as we've gotten to mass adoption. And I think there's parts of that that are good obviously parts of that that have been harmful mm -hmm. because of all the centralized blowups we've seen. But I think that ethos was important to my beginning in, in crypto and like, you know, managing your own funds and like 
like from the beginning. And yeah, it was niche and it was fun and it was a, definitely a roller coaster. Um, but I think where we are now, I almost couldn't have believed it if you told me before COVID. Yeah. We would be here now because I, like, I mean, DeFi summer, summer, DeFi summer 2020 was happening. <laughs> know what you're saying. DeFi, DeFi summer, summer, summer. summer. <laughs> it was a thing. <laughs> and that was uh, brought interest in, but it was still niche because you had to be like a total degen yes. to even make it work. Yeah. Um, and so like the fact that like right after, as the world was opening, we had like NFTs blow up and DAOs blow up and all these more consumer social friendly mm -hmm. um, ways to get involved. I don't even know if I was ready for it. Yeah, I don't think anyone was, honestly. But let's take it back. So you you decided to create your own company at one point. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so- um, After consensus or well, while at consensus. So while at consensus, so uh, I lived through, you know, the peak of 2017, 2018, which we thought was crazy. We were like, whoa, this was, this was intense. I can't wait for that to come back. It did yeah. not, <laughs> that was like, I don't even know how to explain, like I'm not trying to relate it to drugs, but like, it'd be like, if you took a, I don't even know, I'm not even gonna make an analogy here, but it was like, like one tenth of the experience of the last bowl. Yeah. And you know, and I also had a little bit of like a, I'd go to bars and I'd be like, Hey guys, men like at banks, like I'm disrupting you. And they'd be like, stop talking. Was that your opening line? That was not my opening line, but I was definitely stoked. And then like, you know, it crashes and it's like, oh, you get humble. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone needs that first humbling yep. crash. So 2018 crashed, uh, lots of layoffs happened across the ecosystem. And uh, I think it gave us all time to like think. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And then I started hearing murmurings around the consensus office, like, oh, have you checked out Compound? I'm getting like 11% interest on this. Or, oh, have you heard DeFi? Oh, consensus is creating a new DeFi unit, like decentralized finance. And I was really excited that I could invest in Ethereum in 2017 and no one could tell me no. Mm. Like I could see the ecosystem, I could see people building on it and Bitcoin, like no one could be like, you're not accredited, you're not yep. this enough. And I thought that was so empowering, but we didn't really see any financial use cases until 2019. Mm -hmm. So that was like something I was excited about. And then when I saw it coming to life in 2019, I just looked around and all the people getting put in this new DeFi unit were men. Even doing like more traditional roles, just like every single role was a, a man. Finance, legal, operations, marketing. And I was like, shit, like this is, like if we're, and they'd be on stage being like, we're building the future of finance. It's gonna be more accessible and equitable and inclusive. And I was like, you look like the people that benefited from traditional finance and you're already here in crypto. So you're benefiting way more yeah. than, you know, than people who aren't here yet. And so I just started like meditating on that. Like I didn't want this opportunity to pass me by or to pass women by or people who felt like they weren't included in DeFi. And I, um, was talking to a friend in the office over a coffee about something totally random. Like he was telling me that a bunch of people got together for the NCAA bracket, the basketball tournament, yep. and they had all, you know, chipped in, let's say 50 bucks. But instead of just putting that in a pool doing nothing, they put it into compound mm. while the bracket was going on. And then at the end, uh, whoever won the pool would get the interest that accrued. That's cool. The yield. Yeah. And I was like, and they're like, the men don't care if compound gets hacked because they weren't going to get their money back anyway. Yeah. One person was going to get the money. Yeah. And I was like, that just like set me off on thinking like, oh, there's something here about getting people to play with their money in somewhat of a way that they're detached from the outcome and they're getting to experiment with these new protocols. And so I had been thinking about that too. And then I was uh, at home in the fall on a run 
And I was like, decentralized finance, women getting comfortable taking risk. Like, started saying all these words in my head and I was like, DeFi, SheFi. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a little like divinely inspired. And I remember telling my parents and they're like, yeah, like we don't know what like this thing is you're doing, but like yeah. that's a good name. <laughs> and so like all of that, like it was over kind of 2019, I was like starting to survey the ecosystem and I don't have, I didn't do banking after school. Uh, you know, I am more technical from my work in the infrastructure space in blockchain, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out and I don't want it to be a consensus thing or a Web3 Cloud thing. I want it to be a Maggie Love thing. And everyone was like, yeah, cool, go do it. Um, and that was, you know, my initial idea was like, great, there's MakerDAO, there's Compound, there's Aave, there's Uniswap, like easy. I'm going to make four classes. And I surveyed the women within consensus and they were all like, yeah, we don't know what this is, but like we know we're missing out. And so, you know, I put together like my own little pitch and how I thought it would work. Um, and then in 2020, actually, this is um, almost Shifai's third birthday. Wow. It's April 16, 2020. I launched it from. What day is it today? I don't even know the day. I think it's the 14th. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's oh my exciting. gosh. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And then yeah, I was just like, uh, we can talk about more how we designed it, but just launched it for my friend's apartment in lockdown. I had to go move in with somebody because my roommate had gotten COVID early. Um, and I knew it was like a weird time to be talking about money because so many people were getting laid off and just financially stressed. And we had no clue what the world was going to be on the other end. But I was like, but if you do have time to think about optionality, mm. and if you are going to look at how the government handles this and how the banks handle this, and like, I had a feeling that it might not be very smooth, then maybe you would want to start looking into alternative options for your finances. And like, We'll just like put it out there um, and then, you know, we can talk about the growth since then. But that was like the start was just I think once again, how it relates to my blockchain introduction it was like hearing something, picking up on it and then figuring out like, OK, how can I contribute and like how can I be a part of it? And I'm good at communicating things and all that and under researching and communicating. So I was like, OK, I can't like bring more women into the ecosystem by investing in them. I'm 20. I was 29, 28, 29. Mm -hmm. I was like, but I can like spend my time creating resources and creating a space for us to learn and um, and just get people ex empowered with information to then go do more things with it. Mm. I really, it was interesting what you said there, um, talking about how you were, you had that experience about, you know, people in traditional finance sort of having their like secret world and then you come back into this world and you're like excited and then it kind of happens again yeah and so it's like this thing you're like is it human behavior I, we can all like understand that there are more men in tech and in finance just traditionally it's been that way it's been more disrupt i mean it's i think it's like obviously changed in the past few years but still they are probably still the majority yeah so it's like okay that has always exist they're almost always first and I'm not saying like they isn't like just, you know, the enemy or anything like that, but they right. usually are just kind of first to these things. And so it is, it is difficult. It almost feels like equivalent to maybe, you know, a kid not feeling comfortable asking a question in school in like a, a boy or girl or whatever in, in like a math class because they feel inferior, like that they're stupid. And so then they yeah. just don't even get involved at all. Um, and so or at least that's what I've heard from like my friends who are like, what do you do in this crypto world? Like, I don't understand. And it's like a guy thing and they just kind of write themselves off. So I think, you know, 
when you had that again, that moment of like, oh, are we doing this again? Yeah. Were you like, fuck? Or like, what? how did you feel about it? Like, yeah, I was just like, there's no reason that I'm not a part of this. Yeah. And I did reflect on my experience, even joining Consensus. And you know, like the MetaMask founders are at Consensus. And yeah. I was like, I better not ask how to download MetaMask. Like I better go home and like look on Reddit because there was no ethereum.org yeah. website and figure it out. And so I kind of like put my own experiences and feelings and insecurities I had joining the space into like, what is the space I can create that helps break that down yeah. by being honest that I was that way and trying to make it easier for people to join. And I think that, yeah, I think that it is probably human nature that we start to create languages around certain, you know, like, uh, every industry has like their own lingo. So that must be something we do. And then I think it is like, we start to discount ourselves because we believe we can't learn something new because from a very early age, mm. we have those experiences where we do raise our hand and ask a question in class and like kids do make fun of you. Yeah, Like, you know, the social pressure of conforming and all of that and how you take that, I think starts early and it's like, yeah, asking questions is seen as needing or needing help is seen as weak or, I'm not paying attention enough or like whatever it is. And so I do think that, you know, I wanted to not let that happen again. And I believed like, okay, if I can come and learn blockchain, if I can learn how like a blockchain works, like I can probably start to learn the basics of how decentralized finance works and finance works. Like if I put myself to it. Mm. And I think that's the thing too. Like, I mean, we have AI now, so maybe learning will be really easy, but like learning isn't, easy, but it's also not some, it's not something you stop doing because like you stopped going to school. Yeah. And I think there's this like narrative, like you go to college for something, you better do that after college. And then I was like, that's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> At least like, I don't believe that's how I work. Yeah. Like, I think I've always struggled like being like, what is the one thing you want to do? Yeah. Like, I, I could do many things. Yeah. And so I just took that as like, yeah, there's no reason I can't learn DeFi. Like I don't care. I'm going to learn it. And then I'm just going to share it and let other people know that they can learn it too. Yep. And that you can learn what a blockchain is and you can learn what web three is and you can learn whatever it is that comes up. And mm -hmm. so I think it's where she, I really came from is my belief that like everyone has the potential to learn something new, no matter how old they are. Mm -hmm. What I think is fun about this space is that you actually feel that from people joining mm -hmm. people don't feel as now I think as inhibited. So I just want to make sure that I'm continuing to instill that in people. I think it's getting better and better through time. Um, I think it's funny, you're just, we say all these words like Web3 blockchain, yeah. like all these things. And there was a study that came out recently that said that jargon is actually um, a sign of like, lack of understanding or knowledge mm. or like insecurity. Um, and I'm like, well, that's what crypto does all day. Like, all, like no one, we're speaking like a different language half the time. Yes. Um, and it gets even crazier from there. Like, and people just feel like, okay, like I've heard about three words in a row that I don't have in my vocabulary and I've written it off. So with that going into building Chi-Fi, like what was your approach? Like talk about Chi-Fi a little bit and what people can expect. Yes. Yeah, so like I said, I started off thinking like, oh great, I'm going to create, you know, four, four DeFi courses and like be done. And then you know, <laughs> DeFi summer 2020 happened. Then the NFT boom hap happened. So people that were already in my community were like, what is this? Right. The more, more jargon got created. Mm -hmm. And so then there was more need for more classes and we've gotten into decentralized autonomous organizations because that was very popular last summer and we're getting into web three social. And so We'll have something on ZK, but you know, it started off with like DeFi. And the thought here was, 
I really like learning in community with others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to get something done, I actually do need a meeting. Like I'll, if I have the 50 tabs open, I may not read them, but if I know there's a meeting coming up where like I really need to know something, I'll read it. So I was like, okay, part one, like dedicated time and space is helpful for actually getting that thing done. Yeah. So we're gonna have classes where you come live and now you don't have to worry about reading the 20 tabs because I'll tell you what it is in class. Mm. But if, it, if you show up for like an hour, an hour and a half, you'll learn something. And then the next thing was, I'm sure this resonates with you, sending your first transaction or making a swap on a decentralized exchange, like you hold your breath. Dude, you're like shaking. You're like, then you think you've done it. You're like, no, I put in the wrong address. I've done it. Like I've, I, you have to do tests. I still do Small it amounts. Today. Always. I'm like double checking the addresses, the wallet addresses still. You like gaslight yourself too when you're doing yeah. it. You're like, yeah, you're no. Like, do I know how to do this? Is yeah. this actually going to happen? And then it confirms and you're like, okay, I freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that was unnecessary years taken off my life and stress. Also don't do it when you're drinking. I've done that too. Yeah, dangerous dangerous anyway sorry (laughs) and so I was like well the point isn't just to you can read anything on the internet so the point isn't just to also tell you more things it's to actually get you to do it yeah so like each week there was an activity like you know back in the day when you could take a loan out on maker down it wasn't so expensive it'd be like Mm -hmm. open a vault or it would be you know swap on uniswap or lend into an ave and you know as over time we've incorporated our own membership nfts which are more for the experience than like a fundraising tool but like mint your nft so each week has an activity that you do with it because like Mm. that's that's the purpose right to get you into this ecosystem using it and then realizing how you may contribute to it whether that's in a job starting your own thing um you know becoming uh, a contributor whatever it is so Without both of those, like a deep understanding of the tech and doing the activity, I don't think you can have a full learning experience. Yeah. So that was how I constructed it. I was like, I know I need dedicated time and space. I also know I actually wanna learn what I'm lending my money into. Mm. You wanna know it's a liquidity pool because there's too many scammers out there on YouTube being like, click these five buttons and earn a million percent interest and then it's like non-existent. Yep. So taking both those into account. And then what I really try to do on the education education side is make it make analogies all the time. Mm. Like, you know, even why do we need stable currencies? Like what happens if we go to Sephora at, you know, 6 PM and the dollar is not a stable currency and you plan on spending $50 at Sephora, but then the dollar fell to 50 cents at 8 PM. Yeah. Like now you have to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Or with layer twos, this isn't my best, but it's one where it's like, it's sort of like, the activity of reporting to Ethereum, what happens on the layer two mm-hmm. is like summarizing a book report. Mm. So you have like all these transactions on the layer two and then there's an agent that summarizes it and submits the book report to Ethereum. Who's like, great, I know you read the book. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that and it's a game. So it's mm-hmm. really fun for me to be like, okay, how can I take this and make it even more accessible? And that's, you know, gotten better with time. But that's really what, I, what I'm trying to do is Make sure that you know what it is and you actually use it. And then, yeah, and then you're confident to go to that interview or to start your own thing or to do whatever you want with it. Mm. Teach other people. Uh, But I think you need both of those components. So what has been such, like, we talk about it from, you know, building a company and everything, but, like, there's these moments that are really move you and are, like, really heartfelt and you see someone's life change. Um, Yeah, I have a couple. Do you have, like, some stories to share? Because those, I love those. 
Yeah, this is a, the first one's going to be a big one. Um, so I started Shifai in 2020. My first cohort was my friends, like in COVID and friends of friends. Like we, it was lockdown. We we're all getting together. And then my second one, I had just like put something out on Twitter and like 30 women signed up and I was like, sick. Like, <laughs> it's great. So that spring, I guess we were doing a cohort like end of 2020 to 2021. And 2021, we could start going out in public. So we were like, oh, let's do like a little Shifai meetup. And like, you know, seven women came and I was like, this is great. And one of them was like, I have to tell you that I was in, uh, in a very non-crypto industry. I don't want to say too much because not that anybody knows who it was, <laughs> but like a very like uh, communications type industry. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I took Shifai and you changed my life. I was able to divorce my husband and pay for my daughter who has certain needs pay for her insurance all on my own. And I could not do that before. And this was the first time I've taken something in my life where you made me feel like I could reinvent myself. And I was like, I mean, I just started crying. <laughs> Dude, that's so amazing. Yeah, and it's like, that's why you keep doing it. It's yeah. not, that's the sole purpose is I'm not advocating for leaving husbands uh, or anything like that. <laughs> but I'm advocating for that like sense of self-worth accomplishment and knowledge that you can have the life you want to have mm. and like I think that's why we're all in crypto is we see this like huge potential in our own financial sovereignty and creating the life we want to create so that was like a big story and that was like okay if seven women show up to all my things for the rest of time that was but worth, one yeah. of them yeah is doing something where she feels like her whole life is changing um, for the better, like I have to keep doing this. Yeah. So that was a story. And then actually the shirt today that I'm wearing is hundred percent silk created by two Shifai members. Um, I can dox them, Veronica <laughs> and Joanne, and they have, you know, history in textiles, tech art. And they took my last cohort in the fall and they learned about NFTs and commerce. And, uh, one of them went out to the art blocks event at Marfa and minted this NFT. So this image is an NFT and then saw G money with his shirt and scanned it and came back to Shifai and learned about NFTs and the use cases and was like, okay, like finished. And she like, both her and her friend took it at the same time. And she was like, we have to do something with this information. Like we can't just take Shifai and then not yeah. create something. So they were showcasing at Showfields here and you could, you know, mint the shirt, buy it as well with, um, mint the shirt, get in the NFT in your wallet, buy the shirt through Dispatch, which is like Web3 Commerce. And they were telling me the story and it was very similar. Like you made us believe that we could do something. And we've both been kind of wondering, like we kind of took Shifai because we were like at a what's next point. Mm. Like tech wasn't really feeding who we were. And then like now they're like, we see all this new possibility to do what we love, which is like design and fashion and textiles. And we have the understanding of tech to put the tech on it. And like, we think we're gonna like go full time with building this brand. And like, once again, I'm just like, yeah, it's like, you know, whether or not you like leave being like, wow, I'm like, I love DeFi or I love this thing. It's more about like, I think me being a founder, being like, I started this thing without really knowing like what was gonna happen. And, and here's me sharing all this information and people being like, okay, like, yeah, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great story. And then women just get jobs all the time. Yeah. Ethereum Foundation, OKX, The Exchange, uh, Uniswap, um, you know, all across. Someone just got a job at the Stellar Foundation. 
And so that's what I love doing, like getting all these women into the ecosystem and um, someone just got a job at Wallet Connect. So, so cool. it's like, that's what keeps me going. And I'm like, okay, like this is working. Yeah. People are doing something with this information. Yeah. They can be an entrepreneur. I mean, I think people make crypto just because it is crypto. It's like, no, they're just being an entrepreneur with in a new industry. And it's not that much different, right? Like creating your own fashion brand that has an NFT and, and like, you know, basically G Money's company is, is very much that too. It's like, it's just kind of shifting a little bit. It's not totally reinventing everything. It's just right. giving you more autonomy over the, your life yes. in so many ways. And I feel like people are like, ew, crypto. Like, and I, I wondered actually, because, um, you know, everything that happened with FTX and Celsius and we see all these collapses yeah. and everything, like what has been the feeling or, you know, for people who are just brand new, who haven't come through Shifi, are people like annoyed, pissed off, like feel it, feel like it's not trustworthy? Um, so interestingly enough, maybe not people who are new, but I had a, I went to like a one table dinner with Senators Lummis and Gillibrand mm. and it was around- In DC? Yes. Wow. It was around like women's economic security and so, and they were excited about their bill uh, mm -hmm. around digital assets. So a former she fire was like, oh, I think you should be at this dinner. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, this is like a huge problem. Like so much of crypto is a scam. Yeah. And I think we're definitely seeing more of that now. Mm -hmm. um, and whereas I think that once again, people don't understand its tools and technologies that can help you become more autonomous in your business dealings, your creations, your financial situation. And they think that um, it's, you know, all fake money, scammers. And I, it has been harder where like, I'll be at dinners and I won't hear this from the table, but after my friend will be like, oh yeah, that guy I was dating. He was like, wow, Maggie seems so smart. Like, why is she in crypto? Uh. <laughs> and like people, um, and like my partner went to business school, I didn't. And so when we're at business school dinners and that topic comes up, it's like, they have a really hard time understanding it, right? Yeah. They're all still in like private equity, like, web two VP things, like just very traditional. And they're just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still a lot of that feeling. And I think now with what we're seeing with like Senator Warren and just people with really big platforms calling it a scam for whatever reason um, is definitely makes it harder. Yeah. I mean, we have Elizabeth Warren's wanting to like make an anti-crypto army yeah. or which is so aggressive. We it have, very aggressive. it's so aggressive for her. I'm like, anyway. Um, and then we also have like the New York times writing like a massive hit piece on mining yeah. and, and things like that. So it's really hard when people, those are still the mainstream publications, regardless yeah. if it's social and people are on Twitter. Like a lot of people are still going to that. And it feels like the frustrating thing for at least me is it feels like, uh, Congress regulators, would benefit from like taking a Shifi course yeah. and like learning, but they just refuse to do so. And they've like, they're married to these narratives that they don't want to move for, move on at all, regardless when presented new information. And I feel like that, that's, that's hard. Yeah. And I actually have a, like, I have like a mini thesis of why you even see that outside of the regulatory space. Like this is just totally something I've made up recently, but you know, once again, we're seeing Bitcoin have a bull run. Mm. So the people who missed the last one, I hate crypto because of that. Yeah. And then when it went down, they were pumped that they were right. Like it was a scam. Yeah. And then they didn't do anything with that information that like 
there's boom and bust cycles, let's say. So I think every time the asset moves, if you have the thesis, like this is a scam or unfair, or like, why are these other people getting rich and not me? Like it just feeds that already narrative you have. Yeah. And so like, you're not, instead of people being like, okay, well, a lot of people got into this in this last cycle. When it goes back down, like maybe I should just put like a little $5 in and see what happens. They like want to dig into their heels and then they're just going to be upset again if there's another like prolonged upswing. So it's like this like negative, they can't, it's, you're right. People are not open-minded. And I think like the thing that brings people into crypto is you have to be open-minded. You have to think like things can be different. New internets can exist. New forms of money can, like all this is like, you have to break out of that narrative that like things are the way they are and can never be different. It almost makes me feel like open-mindedness comes from almost like an optimistic perspective. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of people that come in potentially could come in from a fear-based perspective, say if like inflation soars or there's like market insecurity and like global markets are tumbling, you know, then people are like, well, wait, I need to control, I need to opt out. And I don't know if that's totally why everything is happening right now and Bitcoin's having a little resurgence, but you have people like Macron saying that like we, the French need to get off of like uh, the US dollar, like we need to like get get away from it. We have all different types of um, leaders from foreign nations point to the US dollar and be like, we need to get the hell away from the US dollar, which is not a great sign for the US. And then it's like, okay, then you see markets, not not crazy, you know, like we're not in a bull run, but we right, still, we're seeing right. like a little uptick. And so it, that's interesting to me. It's like, do people come in later on now, potentially in a mass adoption way through fear? Yeah, and I think what's interesting about that is that is that was like in 2017, I remember hearing that narrative a lot. Like yeah. Bitcoin is the hedge against, you know, everything being stable in the fiat world. And, you know, at 26, you're kind of like, yeah, that's like, I'm going to just kind of like ignore that because I'm like not really, and still now I'm like, I'm not really interested in like the whole <laughs> world upending. Like yeah. I've got things to do. <laughs> like I'm not trying, but that is like part Let's of hope it. not. People are like pump our bags, but the world will be in flames. Yeah, I'm like, wait, like I don't, it's like, is that really what we want? But there is that idea, right? Yeah. That idea that this, once again, this is an alternative. This is an option because of its principles and its um, actual underlying infrastructure, it is more sound, let's say. Um, That is the narrative. So yeah, you have to be open to it or fear or even, you know, even these little resurgences, I'm getting texts again. Like, hey, like, uh, what's up? And I'm like, hey, I have a course. I can't answer one-on-one DMs on Instagram. People from high school. God, I bet everyone (laughs) was doing that to you. I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's it's okay. I'm just like, hey, there's actually a public Instagram. I actually have a company that solves this problem. Go check it out. (laughs) Yeah, we share public information there. Um, I wish I had time to respond to DMs, but I don't even have time to respond. Just chat GPT do it for you. Be like, respond to these texts. That's so true. So tell me a little bit about the Bell Block um, initiative that you launched. That was with MasterCard, correct? Yes. So MasterCard. um, And how did that happen? Like, how did you even get in contact with MasterCard? Or did they get in contact That's with you? That's a question. <laughs> I don't re- I think I was at Permissionless or some conference and, or I, I can't remember if someone from, Ma- I, there has been people from MasterCard in Shifi, mm-hmm. but I can't remember if it came through like that, but I like had met some people at a conference and they were like, oh, we are trying to understand what's going on. We want to do more blockchain and, and crypto stuff in the space. Like, tell us about Shifi. So like, I met with them a couple of times and like talked about the program and they were like, okay, great. Like we are aligned with that. And we also want to launch something in the same vein. And I'm like, great, like we need as many people getting the masses excited about blockchain 
as possible. So like, I'm happy to join your initiative and like help you think through and start it. And they're really more focused on like offering their space for events and hosting leaders and providing like a physical communal space for people to have like trivia nights and learn about things. And so um, that's what like they're focused on. But yeah, it's, it was really cool to see like such a big name be like, we are also focused on making sure that people are more included in the in the crypto space and like putting our name behind crypto, which is like interesting. Like these, some of these big financial players do. Yeah. Like MasterCard, uh, like PayPal and, and Visa, I feel like has been doing more stuff. Um, and so it's like, and, and Fidelity just launched a, like they like silently launched the Ethereum ETF. Mm-hmm. Am I making that up? They did something recently. Well, Fidelity has been so underrated. They've been like Abigail Johnson, I think is like such a badass. And it feels like they've been in the space for so long, but I feel like they just slowly move and integrate. Like I actually use Fidelity and they have been great integration, like with Coinbase or any other wallet that you want. And they've always, she's been very like pro crypto, pro Bitcoin for a long time, but like they're so under the radar. And I feel like when they announce things, like no one covers it or like something, I'm like, what the heck is massive? Yeah, it is massive. So I feel like, um, you know, I, that was a fun initiative to be a part of and, you know, I'll help them out every now and then they were like a great article as well. Um, and so they've just been good partners. That's so awesome. Okay. So what are, what are you looking forward to? Like, what do you see in your next like few years? Because, you know, we're, we're building our way back up. Yeah, so um, Web3 Cloud actually is attempting to go public yeah. uh, via a SPAC with Social Acquisition Leverage Corp. Um, Amazing. Got to make sure you say the whole thing when you talk about that. Um, <laughs> and and so we actually started this process a while ago, and it's been really fascinating to go through, to talk to investors who don't know that much about Web3 and blockchain, but move like massive amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And also to be working with the SEC, mm-hmm. um, trying to get them to not approve our business because our business is good, but approve the fact that a lot of it has to do with digital assets. Mm. We do Filecoin storage providing. We're doing a lot more stuff in the zero knowledge space. So cool. On the infrastructure side. And, you know, the SEC will comment like, what is, is Ethereum a security? And we're like, this doesn't actually have anything to do with our business. Anyways, so that's been an interesting challenge. And so that's supposed to happen sometime this year. And that's like, I've been working on that project since 2017 when I first joined Consensus. It's a crazy valuation I saw. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's big. So <laughs> we're excited about that. And it'll feel like just a good, like I've helped start something. I'm helped shepherding it through this process. Yeah. And then it gets interesting because we're a public company and like we see what's happening with Coinbase and numbers and it's like very real now. Mm-hmm. And so that's exciting and, and excited to keep growing that team and, and see what happens there and support developers that want to not be necessarily on a web two cloud provider. And then for Shifi, I have like, I don't know if you've taken the Enneagram. Mm. It's a personality test. Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a seven. <gasps> I'm a seven. Okay. So it means we're is like that, what does that mean? Optimist, addicted to ideas, like lots of ideas, like says yes to a lot of things, like loves fun. That's, that sounds yeah. right. <laughs> and the thing is, there's like the ideas thing can be a challenge for sevens because like yeah. we have so many. And it's like, I'm talking to my she find him. I'm like, let's have an NFT that like you unlock traits if you actually do the activities <laughs> and let's do this and let's do that. Uh, but I really want to work on some more uh, enterprise engagements. Mm. And um, I have one I can't speak about yet, but really getting my content into, it's recording it so it's at a place that it can be taken and just 
you know, provided to more institutions. And then as well as recording it and just making it potentially, you know, not this year or the next year, but maybe like in the third year where it's like, go at your own pace. Yeah. Anybody can take it. It's not inherently like, I don't inherently make Uniswap like for women. Yeah. Like I have gifts that are more, I'm a millennial. And so like my gifts are more like millennial based and the slides are a nice color, but you know, potentially like opening up the education part for more people, but the community part staying for women or non-binary folks. We're throwing a big event in Paris on July 16th. So we're experimenting with like events near crypto conferences uh, that are not necessarily about being a woman in crypto, but just mm. all the speakers are women and uh, doing like fun NFT merch stuff. So that's kind of like what I'm looking forward to the next couple of years. I teach live right now, um, two cohorts a year and it's just, it's a lot. So I'm trying to think about scaling, but really the community part's been so fun and it's growing. Um, you know, we have chapter leads in like 20 plus places now. So it's just like, yeah, just seeing that all grow and figuring out how to scale it and make it sustainable for myself and everyone who's involved in it as well. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's, it's just, I don't know how you stay sane. Like it feels like you're so busy. You have so much going on, but you're crushing. Yeah, I think that I joke that I haven't seen White Lotus. So like, don't ask. <laughs> so you're not actually with it then because yeah, you haven't I'm had the time. Actually, yeah, I'm yeah. actually not. I'm I like, I'm like, oh, I need to watch that. So like when I go to a cocktail party, yeah, yeah. I can communicate with, with normal people. people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I say like Shifa is kind of like where I spend my free time. And then when I'm not there, it's like with friends in New York, in real life, um, I spend a lot of time either doing in-person stuff or like working on crypto stuff. Yeah. And, TV I'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bear. You could be watching now. It's a bear market. You just like, yeah, that's but you're true. still such still, I feel like equally as busy as you probably were before. So there's still a lot of interest. Like my last cohort I did in September was 600 women and non-binary folks. And that was like easy because it was like, I was recruiting in this summer of last year and it was just like coming in and yeah. this cohort ended up being 570 wow. in a bear market. And it seems to be a lot net new people. Mm. So not people who are already at companies where maybe they're like in an HR role and so they actually don't know what the company they do does or they were like in a DAO or you know there's lots of really awesome initiatives last year that brought so many people in mm. so the recruiting was a bit more I guess I put pressure on my own self so stressful to make sure we have like a good number um, but it's still there's like a lot of engagement and I think it's because the content's pretty evergreen like I'm not being like get in now so you can like buy this and then you know yeah <laughs> flip this yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just like this is how you use like all the things and then do with it what you want. Yeah, you're giving them the tools and then they can go forth and do what they want. Yeah. Yeah, that's so amazing. I'm so like in awe of all the work that you're doing and it's really changing people's lives. So tell people how they can get in contact and like plug whatever you want to plug. Yeah, so how you get in contact with me, Twitter is a really great way. Um, I'm Maggie Love underscore, M-A-G-G-I-E-L-O-V-E underscore and yes love is my real not related name. to kevin love or? i'm really we're related to all the good loves oh that's we're good not related to any of the loves that have you know a bad reputation yeah good yeah, reputation yeah. my family claims affiliation okay cool that's kind of how cool. it works <laughs> um and then shefi on twitter is at she underscore underscore fi somehow in 2019 i didn't even get a great handle for that <laughs> and then we're also on instagram because we think a lot of um, people spend time there shefi.crypto and um then our website's www.shefi.org but i'm pretty responsive on twitter and 
we have, I'll send you all the links from there. There's lots of, we'll, we'll put them in the description too. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the observation. It's been such an honor. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much everyone for tuning in and we'll be back next time. Good luck and Godspeed.